I have so much respect and, and admiration for steam engines and railways. I consider it one of the best creations that humanity has ever invented. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Joining us today is a gentleman who is a senior locomotive driver and assessor at the Puffing Billy Railway, located in Victoria, Australia. And fun fact, he has been with the railway since 1975, which makes 47 years. Please welcome train driver, Graham Cornish. Hi, hello, Mike. Hello, Graham. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, thank you. And how, how are you doing? Very well. It's a lovely day here in Victoria. Nice. How's your day going? Very well indeed. That's very great to hear. For anyone that doesn't know, what is the Puffing Billy and where is it? The Puffing Billy is a wonderful tourist railway that runs between Belgrave and Gembrook in, through the Dandenong Ranges. And it's a century old um, narrow gauge heritage steam railway that runs on its original track. And it was opened around about the 1900s and it's, it's just a beautiful ride through some fantastic countryside, ever-changing countryside, Michael. Wow. And it's based in Victoria, right? Yes, yes, Victoria in the Dandenong Ranges. When you go on the lakeside, the Gembrook section, you go through beautiful farmland where they grow potatoes and, and used to being timber down for houses and things back in the early 1900s. That sounds very beautiful. It's, it's absolutely lovely. It's about 60 minutes from Melbourne as well. Are there any diesel engines? Yes, yes. We have three diesel locomotives. Oh. Two of them came from Queensland, and they are used to haul some work trains and wood collection trains, and they also help occasionally with Thomas the Tank Engine days. Hmm. And did you say that this um, railway is n- narrow gauge? Yes, it's a narrow gauge. It's two foot six inches between each track. Wow. It was designed that way so it would be easier to get it through the hills, winding through the narrow gullies, etc. Wow. Are you familiar with the Tallyshin Railway in Wales? Yes, I am. That's lovely. It's absolutely gorgeous. And when my wife and I go to the UK, hopefully soon, I'm going to go for a ride, Michael. In fact, um, did I pronounce it right? Talithin, you did. Yes. Because on the, on the railway, there's Talithin, Dolgork, Sir Hayden, yes. Edward Thomas, Midlander, yes. and Douglas. Yes, I've heard of all these names, and I'm so looking forward to going there. Yep. In fact, Talithin and Dolgork are, the, are some of the oldest steam engines in the world. Yes. And fun fact, this, this railway in Wales... The Taddy Thin Railway was um, the basis and inspiration for the Scarlow Railway in Thomas the Tank Engine. Was it really? Yes. Yes. Do, do, you, do you like Thomas, Michael? I absolutely love the show. I love the little Thomas engine that we have here. It's a dear little thing, and it uh, goes with one of the diesels at the other end of the train. So we've got Thomas and Diesel. Oh, oh Diesel. I don't like him at all. No. In fact, I'm, I'm not even a fan of diesel locomotives. Well, guess what? Neither am I. Because of um, their lack of appeal, their horns don't sound as, as pleasant as, as steam whistles, not to mention all the um, exhaust fumes they... They put out. They release. Yes, that's right. And also, because I disagreed with um, 
1955 modernization plan. Yes. Not the entire plan, just, just one component specifically, replacing steam engines with diesel locomotives. Mm. Although I do agree that um, that steam that steam engines um, were not as economical for British railways, but it lost its appeal after that. Because by 1968, all steam on British railways was abolished. It was. It was. Do you remember the locomotive Evening Star? That was the last steam locomotive built for the British railways. Yeah, I know. A beautiful thing. That, that book series, the Railway Series by the Reverend W. Audrey... I'm a huge fan of those books. Mm. A lot of the steam engines in that in those books um, had sympathy for each other when it came to the concept of scrapping. Yes, but we've got a wonderful railway here at Puffing Billy that continues the steam going on, doesn't it? That's good. Why is the Puffing Billy so special? Well, it's special because it is something that many people have grown up from their childhood and it absolutely gives people so much joy when you see the smiles on the people's faces and the wonder, like you talk about steam, you talk about the experience, the steam wafting up from the engine, the smoke winding through the hills. I mean, where else in Australia can you travel on an original tourist railway on its own tracks going from Belgrave up to Lakeside and Jembrook and experience such a diversification and changing atmosphere and people waving to people. You go past crossings, Michael, and people in their cars waving at the train, the people on the train are waving to them. It's just an awesome experience. And then you've got the going over the wonderful historic bridges, you know, and things like this. It's just, it's every time I come here, Michael, I, I, I feel great, you know? Yeah. And um, what is unique about the experience? It's really, it, the uniqueness is the, is the fact that it's original. All the engines and all the carriages and everything else, they're all part of the original railway. That's what's so unique about it. And the fact that it's, mm. it's largely, you know, all the volunteers come because they enjoy it also. I can imagine. Isn't it true that particular field is rather competitive to gain employment from? Um, it can be, Michael, because... To become a, a driver and or a fireman and then become a driver, it's a little bit of a dying art. The only place you can learn about things is to come to Puffing Billy. If you come to Puffing Billy, we teach you how to be a fireman. We teach you how to be a driver. So we're keeping those wonderful skills that you you know referred to, that lovely history, we're keeping that alive. Yeah. So, so it'll never die. Good. I'm glad that the steam engines are going to be kept alive. Oh, yes. How many, how many steam engines do you have on the railway? Well, we have the six surviving NA locomotives and we have the lovely Garrett locomotive, which is G42, which is absolutely gorgeous. And we also have the brand new Garrett locomotive that we bought from South Africa, which is the NG16 and that's that's a marvelous that's a, basically a brand new engine completely rebuilt michael every nut and bolt wow it's magnificent impressive what is it about railways that you are drawn to i love the fact that i think the steam engines are alive michael they talk to you when you drive a steam engine you have to understand the engine if you can understand the engine 
the engine understands you and you are as one. You've got to listen. Every single time I drive that engine, I think to myself, the engine's making a little sound. And if I adjust something on the engine or adjust the controls, the sound will change and the engine runs better. So it's all that. It, It was said to me by a very old engine driver. He said, Graham, you need to learn to drive by the seat of your pants. And what he meant by that was when you sit down or you feel the vibrations through the engine, the engine's talking to you. And then you talk wow. to it, it talks to you. So that's what wow. I, that, And it's mechanical, you know. You, the noises, Michael, you talk about the whistle. You, talk, you can hear the steam going into the cylinders. You can hear all these sort of things. And that's what I enjoy. It's you sort of get on the engine and you get lost in this in this world. Wow, that sounds beautiful. So you know, it's wonderful. Do you experience the same thing with diesels? Um, no, no diesels. I thought not. No diesels are just like a car, Michael. Yes, of course, because um, steam engines make diesels look like they have no soul. Michael, when you come to prepare an engine, when you as, as is a steam engine. You have to start an hour and a half before the train's due to go. You have to oil it. You have to warm it up, check it out, examine it, all its nuts and bolts. With a diesel engine, you have to turn up half an hour before you're due to go and you press a button. There's no enjoyment for me in that, pressing a button. Yeah, that's that's just a very simple task. It takes only a second. That's right. Exactly. Or even half a second. And also with steam engines, you have to um, go into the boiler and clean it yes the workshop staff they hop into the the firebox and they clean it all and the boiler's inspected every 12 months to make sure it's fit and it has no leaks every time i hop on the engine in the morning i have to do what we call they call it an a examination but i have to examine the engine and there's many many things that i have to go over and look at and make sure that run that are in working order before i leave the, the shed wow yeah can you remember what stage of your life your interest in railways began? Yes, all oh, very much so. My dear late father brought me, used to come up to Belgrave when he was going out shopping. He went long, the long way around to shopping, Michael, and he brought, brought me up to Belgrave platform when I was six. And I was sat in the driver's seat when I was six years of age. And the driver at the time said to me, one of these days you might sit in that driver's seat nearly 35 years later to 40 years oops, I didn't, 40 years later <laughs> I sat in that seat wow and drove the train yeah like a dream come true it was Michael and I can act and I don't mind sharing with you because you know we're just talking between friends that when I when I drove that train and I left Belgrave and I left Benzies Creek I had a tear in my eye so there you go why can't they just bring steam engines back into service? Well, we do have them running around all over the place, Michael. They run around excursions. You've got that lovely 3801 in New South Wales that's running around now. We're very lucky to have those. Yeah. My interest for, and passion for railways began when I was three years old. Did it really? Yep. One day when I was watching, when I was watching television, I discovered Thomas, the tank engine, when I was only three years old. Yes. I was immediately drawn to it. I loved the concept, the whole thing of it, just the the railways in general, um, how they operate, um, the the tracks themselves, in perfect symmetry, 
and with steam engines, the smoke coming out of their funnels and their piston rods move. Yes. Moving forwards or backwards. Yes. That just looks like they they were alive and had a soul. That's that's what it is. It steam engines have a soul. They, you're absolutely spot on there, Michael. But with diesel engines, they look like they don't have a soul. They look like they have no character to them. And not to mention the horrible noises their horns make. They're unpleasant. Yes, they're not very they're not very good, are they? Yeah. And ever and ever since then, I've loved railways and Thomas the Tank Engine for a very long time. That's been 25 years that I've loved them. My mother, when I was your age, used to read the Reverend W. Audrey's Thomas Tank Engine books to me when I went to sleep. Now, there you are. The Railway Series. Yes. In the Railway Series, they introduced a diesel rail car called Daisy. Yep. I've never really quite ever seen a diesel rail car before. Haven't you? Nope. Oh, well, the um, Victorian Railways had lots of diesel rail cars. And the New South Wales Railways had diesel rail cars as well. Oh. Yeah. And in fact, two of, of the engines on, in the railway series named Toby and Mavis, yes. they have cow catchers and side plates. Yes. They're required by law because it, with tramways, they, they run very close to public roads. Yes. Person or animal that goes on, on the line um, would be in danger. So um, the cow catchers and side plates protect people and animals from getting hurt. And therefore, they're, they're required by, by law. Yes. Well, Puffing Billy has cow catchers on them too. What about side plates? No, no side plates, but they have cow catchers. As I mentioned in my introduction, you've worked on this railway for 47 years. Can you tell us about your journey on the railway from when your time first began to how you climbed up the ranks to your current position? Yes, happy to do that. I, I started... Uh, as I said, when I, in, in, oh, I think it was about June 1975, and I volunteered uh, on and off in that time. Then other things of life got in the way, like jobs and things. And then I came back to the railway when a very good friend of mine decided that I should, he said, you really love these engines? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, why don't you become an engine cleaner? So about the middle 90s, I decided to become an engine cleaner. And I would come up every day, every once a month it was, and I'd come up and I'd clean the engines. And then after about 12 months to 18 months, they said, how about would you like to do some safe working qualifications? And that is to to know how to operate all the points, you know, the points and signals and... All those sort oh, of yes, things. Those from signal boxes. That's it, from the signal boxes. So I qualified as a safe worker um, about 1999. And then when the next fireman course came up, I then studied, read all the books, and became a steam locomotive fireman and the fired puffing billy. And I still love firing. I think it's, it's, it's one of the most challenging things that someone can do, Michael, because... You are responsible for preparing the engine in the morning, keeping the fire going, producing the steam, so the driver can drive the train. I did that for many years and thoroughly enjoyed it and then decided that I'd like to become a driver. And I missed out on one of the intakes because of family things get in the way. And then 
About four years ago, I got the opportunity to start training as a driver. Wow. You've done some study, you've done some schooling, Michael. You know the amount of work that's involved in that. Well, it's a lot of work to become from a fireman up to a driver. Finally, on the 23rd, I can't even remember the date, 23rd of September 2019, I finally qualified as a driver on the Puffing Billy Railway, which was, uh, as I said, it was an awesome day. And then a couple of days later, as I've mentioned earlier, I drove my first train. And guess what they did, Michael? What? They put P-plates on the engine. Did they seriously have to do that? Well, they did. It was a bit of a joke. We took them off after afterwards, but we left them on there for a little while, and then we took them off. Can you tell us about the tourist attractions and experiences found on the railway? Yes, there's a lo- couple of lovely things on the railway. There's, of course, the bridges, the big Monbolt trestle bridge, which is a real attraction. People love seeing the train go across that. And then there's the Menzies Creek Museum, which has got a lovely range of steam locomotives and old machinery in that, which is wonderful. And that's really worthwhile seeing. And then you've got the lovely, now the lovely Lakeside Visitors Centre, which uh, has got several great viewing points for the engines. When the train comes in, people can see the engine and get lovely photographs and talk to the drivers and firemen too, which is part of the experience. And then as you go further up the line, you've got some more trestle bridges and you've got the lovely little township of Jimbrooks. There's a lot of things to see and and do as you go along the railway, but particularly the Menzies Creek Museum and the lovely Emerald Township um, and then, of course, the Lakeside Visitors Centre, which is a lovely venue. Lots of good things. Yeah. Michael, one of these days you should come down here and we'll and we'll go for a ride together. I would love that. Is it true that people dangle their legs over the side of the train? Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Yes, and that's a wonderful thing now that that's been able to come back. Is that even safe? Yes, it is, because all the carriages have been slightly modified, so they've got now bigger bigger sort of um, seats to sit on on the side. Now they only used to have really narrow ones. Now they've got wider seats, and... Those metal bars that you see in the carriages, they've all been adjusted to make it safer. It's really good. Uh, any of the co- um, these carriages, they're also called coaches. Yes. Some of them would be open-air coaches. Are any of the coaches like that? Yes, yes. The majority of the Puffing Billy carriages are open-air. And then there's some really old ones that are really some of the original ones, which are, if you like, the old carriages. And some of them have... You remember how we used to have first class and second class and things like that on trains? Yeah. Well, some mm-hmm. of those carriages, almost what you could call first class carriages, they're enclosed. They're lovely to ride in, but there's nothing like dangling your legs. You have to say, there's nothing like sitting on there dangling your, your legs out. I suppose that would be a lot of fun. Isn't the cafeteria at the station or the guards van the cafeteria is up next to the guards van at the end of the train right because the guards van is where the where the guard um rides in he sometimes sells tickets in the early days yes they did yes very much so some of the old some of the very old um 
uh, wagons or carriages up here, guards vans, have got a little ticket selling window in them. Yes, a ticket booth. Yes. And not do they not only do they sell tickets, but they also um wave green flags or red flags. Yes. But don't they ever wave amber flags? No, no amber ones. No, the station master waves a white flag, and that says to the guard that the train can go. And then the train, the the guard then displays a green flag to the driver, and then the driver blows his whistle to acknowledge the green flag, and then off we go. Yep. That's beautiful. Yeah. With firemen, their job is to shovel coal from the bunker or tender to the firebox, but they have to keep doing it regularly. That's correct. Yes. Yes. It's a, one of the greatest sayings is you, you put a little and often, which means you do medium shovelfuls on a regular basis as the fire requires it. Mm. Do, you, do you remember looking at the funnel and seeing the funnel of the steam engine, how it sometimes looks clear? Yeah. And then sometimes looks a bit dark. When yeah. when it's dark, that means the fireman has just put a, some fire, some coal on the fire. I see. And um, I know a lot of components about steam engines. On each end, there's buffers and coupling hooks. That's called the buffer beam. Yes. Isn't the um. The buffers meant to absorb shock from buffers from other engines or rolling stock. Yes, that's true. In in Britain, they use buffers much more than we do here in in Australia. Puffing Billy doesn't yeah. have buffers on its engine. It only has the, an oh. automatic coupler. I see. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the British railways. Yes, I know what you mean. They also have screwing coupling hooks, which means that the shunter using a shunter's pole connects um, the coupling link to another engine or a piece of rolling stock for it to be hauled. That's right. And then at the bottom, there's the, the wheel basis and then attached to a, a side rod yes. or coupling, hook, coupling rods. Right. Can you explain what their specific purpose is to keep the wheels going in the, in the same order? They're called coupled wheels. So you know that Puffing Billy has got six, has got six wheels and these six wheels are connected by coupling rods and then the coupling rod on the center wheel it's connected to the piston rod by a connecting rod yeah and then there are a whole lot of other little valve like there's valve rods there's piston rods there's cylinders of course with the pistons inside the valve the valve piston and puffing billy engines have a a slide valve like some of the british engines have got have you ever heard of the term piston valves Yep. yep. Well, the big British engines and some of the big Australian engines have piston valves, and Puffing Billy has a slide valve. Mm. And all those work in unison to keep the wheels and provide the steam, provide the power to move the engine. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. It is amazing. And, Michael, I always think to myself when the engine's going along, what's happening with all of that? It always goes through my mind. Wow. The cab is where the driver and fireman are, are on yes. board. That's how, that's where the operations of the steam engine are carried yes. out. Just bef- just in front of the cab, there's the whistle. The whistle is a very important component because it alerts people that the engine is approaching. Very true. 
there's also the boiler, of mm-hmm. course. And at the end, at the front end, there's the, the smoke box, yes. which is where the, the funnel is on top and the steam comes That's out right. of it. Because in the boiler, water is, pour, is poured in. The, the fire in the firebox boils the water in the boiler, right? That's right. What is the purpose of a steam dome again? That's on top of the boiler. Yes. And the whistle sits on top of the steam dome. The, the purpose of the steam dome is to act as a, a point to collect all the steam. That's so the steam is at yeah. its driest. And what would happen if a steam engine ran out of water? Well, if it ran out of water, you'd have to, what we call in the profession, we'd have to drop the fire. So we'd have to get our little fire shovels and other tools and drop the fire. In other words, take the fire away from the boiler. We drop it into what we call the ash pan. Have you heard of an ash pan? No. That's, the ash pan is underneath the fire. And it catches all the coals, um, ash, etc. Yeah. What would happen if the steam engine ran out of coal? Basically, we'd stop. Yeah. Simple as that. That's why it's important for um, steam engines to um, to stop at every water tower and every um, coal hopper. Oh, yes. No, you're very right there. Every day, the puffing billy engines, before you leave the shed, it's the responsibility of the driver and the fireman to make sure the water tanks are full and the coal bunkers full. Good. Or cold tenders. Yeah. Now, Michael, you're, you, 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 gee whiz, you're very good with your knowledge. I'm really impressed. You, you know a lot about them because what you've just said is very true. Very true. That's because I've been watching the entire show of Thomas Tank ah, Engine from start to finish. Yes. And I've also been reading the, the Railway Series books for, for years yes. as well. Which train rides have you been on that are memorable to you in Australia? Have you heard of a place in Victoria called Geelong? Uh, yeah, I have. Well, they ran big, big steam engines as a driver training program, and they hauled the 10 a.m. train from Melbourne to Geelong and return. Wow. And that was the actual regular passenger service. Mm. That was fantastic. Sounds like it's like it's heaven. It was absolutely heaven. And do you know that on every day they did that, that train was booked out. Wow. A railway going through nature, to me, that's heaven. That's purity. Yep. It was, abs- it was a very special period when they did some driver training. That kind of makes me feel a little bit emotional. It does. Do you have any plans to retire or do you love it too much? Oh, I love it too much, Michael. It's it's it's. It's lovely. As I said, whenever I come up here, every day is different on the Puffing Billy Railway. There are so many little challenges, like you've got days when it's dry and it looks different, and then you come up here on a day and it's pouring with rain or it's cold, it's wet, it's dismal, and it looks, again, just as special. Yeah, I can tell. Just as special. Then I wouldn't encourage you to retire if you love it too much no no i'm not going to retire michael no way it's good fun one railway enthusiast to another yes no won't retire michael good can you tell me about a certain event that happens on the railway called days out with thomas yes 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 that happens uh, at least twice a year it's a great deal of fun is thomas a tank engine we have uh, the little thomas engine at the front we have the diesel at the back because we've got to have diesel at the back to help push because Thomas is very strong, but Thomas can't pull the entire train by himself. 
It's just wonderful because all we have, we have Sir, Sir Topham Hat turns up and we have all the helpers and the driver and the fireman and it's just it's just a lovely experience. Everyone, everyone, some people actually turn up yeah. in their in their Thomas the Tank Engine outfits too. Wow! Um, if I was to come to the Puffing Billy Railway, should I wear my top hat? You can if you want to, but you don't have to. Uh-huh. You might someone might be able to find you an actual Puffing Billy hat to wear. I guess, but I actually do have a top. I do have a top hat myself. You know, with Sir Topham Hat, everyone. A lot of people call him the Fat Controller, but I prefer to call him Sir Topham Hat. Well, it's funny you should say that, Michael, because I remember him as the Fat Controller from my early days of Thomas. Yes, I absolutely love that entire franchise. I have so much respect and, and admiration for steam engines and railways. I consider it one of the best creations that humanity has ever invented. You're very correct there. One of the greatest things is that people have said the steam engine has character, it has soul, it has emotion, it has all those sort of things that we find interesting. Yep, but then sometimes some people take railways for granted these days. Mm. They do. They don't realise how much rail travel has opened up the world. Mm -hmm. And the Stevenson's rocket, that was one of the earliest steam engines ever built. Yes. That was built in 1829. That makes it 193 years that's nearly two two centuries old. That's right. How about that? It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. And that same principle, Michael, the same principle of the of the fire, the boiler, boiling the water, making the steam, making the pistons go, making the wheels turn round, all of that, nothing has changed. In two hundred cool. years, nothing has changed. Blowing the whistle Opening the regulator and the engine goes. Nothing has changed in 200 years. Oh, that sounds like heaven. It is. Nothing has changed. It's still the same. Obviously, time's moved on, and we've got slightly more modern engines, bigger engines, and things like this, but the principle is still the same. We're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment, where the guest gets opportunities to ask, ask me questions, whatever comes to mind. Do you have any questions? Well, my main question to ask you... Michael, is why do you love steam engines so much? There's a lot of things I love about steam engines. Just they're, they're, the way they're designed, the way they function, the way they operate, and how they um, need railway lines to, to move. Mm. And they look like they, they're full of life and soul to me. They are. And this little session we've done today, it's wonderful. Do you really enjoy doing these little sessions? Yes. And sharing your knowledge? Yep, I do. Because I, I'm on the autism spectrum, I have Asperger's. Yes. People on the spectrum tend to have fascinations with modes of transportation. Yes. But in my case, it's railways. Wonderful. Well, you know, Michael, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I hope one day that you can come to the railway, come to Puffing Billy. It's really wonderful, Michael. I agree with you. I think it's really wonderful. I just love staring at railway engines all day. Also, where can people find more information about the Puffing Billy? Puffing Billy Railway com.au all i have to do is put puffing billy railway in the google search engine and up will come the website and all the history about puffing billy it'll tell them about the carriages the engines and the history and you'll be able to see all sorts of wonderful pieces of information there in fact i really want to visit the puffing billy railway i really want to well if you come down you let people know and and I'll try and be there and say hello to you. Great, I would love that. 
I think it's wonderful that you've got such a passion about the Puffing Billy Railway and a passion about Thomas. I think it's great. Thank you so much, Graham, for, for coming onto the podcast today. I really appreciate it. It meant a lot to me. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure being here. It's been a great thing to talk to you. I wish you all the very best in, Thank you. in, in the coming days and weeks. It's been fun. Yeah, it has. Yeah.